What happened last week in this game against the Atlanta Falcons? The Hawks lose 27 to 23, but there are reasons to be, I guess, excited about the offense. We got to fix what's going on with the defense. You look at the offense and they went six quarters between a couple games or a game without scoring an offensive touchdown. And it was encouraging to see this offense get going early. You get the tight ends involved. They made an emphasis to get that run game going early. Rashad Penny gets the football. Geno Smith continues to look like a solid NFL quarterback, Paul Moore. Now, the negative is the Falcons ran all over us. 179 yards. Patterson had 140 on his own. He had a big run of 17-yard touchdown. It was a, a back-and-forth type of game. I think a game that you and I kind of predicted. I, did, I don't think we thought it would be that high of a scoring game, though. Yeah, I, I, right now I don't know if we, we – we weren't sure going into the third game because to me it's like, okay, this is really the third preseason game. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys, the starters, are just starting to get their feet wet. Well, I thought we played well. We certainly played well enough to win the game. It was a great first half offensively. I mean, we put up 20 points on the board. Uh, Geno Smith, again, has been very efficient along the way. You know, I, I think we all would like to see them push the ball a little bit more downfield to the wide receivers. Because uh, if you look at statistically where they are right now, DK Metcalf is averaging per catch 8.4 yards. Uh, Tyler's at 10 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. You know, th- we're used to those guys in the teens. And per, in some, somebody like DK, you're looking at often 16 to 18 yards uh, per catch. So um, we, so we got to get some more explosive plays. But, you know, again, offensively, they played well enough to win. You know, the, the negative, uh, which is three points in the second half, none in the fourth quarter. That look in this league, you got to win the final two minutes of the first half, and you certainly got to win the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, almost in every game. So, yeah. but you know, again, a lot of positive offensively, and you know, just your thoughts on on our offense right now. I like what the offense is doing. Uh, the tight ends were targeted a bunch. Kobe Parkinson had a couple receptions. Uncle Will Disley has an 18-yard touchdown. You got Noah Fant with a couple receptions as well. When I see the tight ends get involved, that means everything else is working. That means the run game is working. Because if you look at when these tight ends get the footballs off of play action, boom, they're up the seam. We're selling the run. I like that Tyler Lockett and DK combined had 23 targets. DK specifically was targeted 12 times. Only had five receptions, but I like the emphasis of saying, okay, we got one of the best receivers in this league. We want to get this man the football, or at least attempt to get him the football. Now, he had five receptions on 12 targets, and Geno still completed, what, 72% of his passes. That means he's spreading the football around. We saw Ken Walker have one of the more exciting runs of the year. That jet sweep, he goes right, he goes left, he gets upfield. Offensively, we saw some things that we wanted to see. Defensively, I think we saw a couple things too. We had three sacks. Yeah, DT had a sack. Quentin Jefferson, who we'll talk to later, had a sack. Kobe Bryant had a sack. And then Tariq Woolen has an interception. So we checked a couple of boxes defensively. We just didn't really do a good job stopping the explosive plays. Yeah, and that's been kind of a, the Achilles heel this, this whole season. I mean, we've... A missed tackle, you know, going back a week ago. With, you know, we got a chance to get him in the backfield, talking about Samuel with San Francisco, and goes for 51 yards. Um, so I thought we got a little bit better there. Right now, we've gone from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense. Very different in the running game. A lot of two-gapping. You have multiple responsibilities in the run game between your front seven and often the safety dropping down as well. Um, I, right now, I just want us to go play football. There was the one. What does that, that mean, football? Well, it means that um, oh, I'm 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 reading my keys. We would call it assignment or alignment assignment. And then at that point, you know, you react, right? Right now, we're just reacting slow. Mm-hmm. That, that they had that one long running play. 
where uh, it was, I'm pick on Kobe um, or um, Co- yeah, Kobe Br- uh, Barton right now. Excuse me, I'm yeah. messing up my names here already. He got a false read. Uh, also they had a, an eye formation. They, they had flow to our left, and then the fullback veered back to our right. Yeah. So he saw that, and he saw the guard tried to cut him off. So he immediately attacked the guard, except the running back was running into that gap. And I'm, that's what I mean. Just, sometimes you just got to play football. You, you get your alignment right. You got your assignment right. And now you got to react to what you see. And so part of that is just they're all trying to do the things so right but when the football's right in front of you, forget <laughs> your read, go get the football. See ball, get ball. Yeah, exactly. So there's little things like that. Go and look at what we're doing right now. For the most part, we've got two new linebackers on the outside. We really have two new linebackers on the inside. New positions. New positions. Yeah. New defense, 3-4. we got two new corners sitting outside. Um, for the most part, the front is different because of the positions they're playing as well. It's just going to take some time for us to play great defense. Um, I, the effort's there. There's some good plays. It's just the six, seven plays where you go, just play football. And, and again, I think sometimes you just got to shut, shut your brain off a little bit. And, and unfortunately, it just takes a little bit of time. We're playing well enough to win. We should have won last week to me. I, you know, I went back to the San Francisco game. I know the score got a little bit out of hand, but again, it came down to really five or six plays. A lot of people don't believe it, but it came down to five or six plays in that game. Uh, and then we know what we did against Denver. So that's the team we are right now. It's just going to be some ups and downs. The thing that gets me about this team right now is that we expected this defense to be the guys ahead of the curve kind of holding it down. But what we forgot to, I think we, we recognized it, but didn't really take into account enough is that you got a new defensive coordinator with a new scheme. You have a couple outside linebackers who you mentioned are pretty new. You got DT who's playing a different position, not that Leo. He's an edge rusher now. You got Uchen over there. You lose Jamal Adams. I think Jamal Adams was going to be key to doing what this defense wants to do. And then we looked at the offense and said, oh, they got Geno. So this defense is going to have to, to carry him. But what we forgot about this offense is that you got Rashad Penny, who's a veteran, who's been here for a while. You got DK. You got Lockett. These guys have been here. Uncle Will Disley, no offense, been in the league for a while. And we'll see what happened with Kobe Parkinson. You can look at the tackles and say, all right, we got young tackles. Will they be able to hold up? But I think the play of Geno has elevated this offense. And if you would have told me, Paul Murray, that Geno would be leading the league in completion percentage, that he would only have turned the ball over a couple of times at this point, I would say that this team would be, what are they, one and two right now? Two and one, you flip that. But we're seeing struggles on the other side of the football. But when you look at the struggles on defense, do you think that's something that's permanent? you think it's going to be fixed? What do these coaches have to do to get these guys to perform at the level that we were expecting initially starting starting the season, to start the season? Yeah, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but – there's potential, which we think the potential's there. I mean, yeah. we're, we've got gifted athletes on defense. The, they just now got to turn into good football players uh, on a consistent basis. And then there's the X and O's. So we bring in new coaching staff, and I love everything that they're teaching right Yeah, me now. too. Everything. And I love the players that we have athletically. And, look, there's going to be some growing pains to that. Now you try to marry, all, marry that all together, and you go, okay, it's going to work. And man, this is the NFL it is a really hard league. They get paid to make plays. They're out. They're scheming you and game planning for you as well. So it's it's a week to week deal. So I, look, our best football is going to be 
I always say break it up in quarters. Right. I, I, let's finish two and two for the first quarter, mm-hmm. even though it's 17 games now. So I can't say quarters, <laughs> uh, quarter-ish, I guess. Um, and then let's get better the next quarter. And let's get better the next quarter. And I think, again, by the end of the year, you know, maybe we're pushing for a playoff hunt right now. Schedule's tough. The league's tough. Um, we got a lot of new players, and obviously we already lost a key player in, in Jamal Adams. We got a couple guys that still haven't come back from injuries, and I'm talking about, like, Trey Brown and stuff. Um, but I think the talent's there. I think the scheme's right. They just got to go out and play and make plays. It's all about making the corrections. You got three weeks of film to break down to evaluate guys. Mm-hmm. You, you've been a coach in this league before. Three weeks into the season, is that enough? to where you feel like you can put guys in better position that you you could have put them in week one and oh, week yeah. two. Three weeks should be enough film, correct? Yeah, I mean, you start to learn more about your players. I mean, like we, we know with Nwosu what we've got so far. I mean, he's a really good football player. I, I knew he was a good player when he was with the Chargers. Um, he's better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. You know, I think, um, look, there's some guys right now that got to step up, some guys that we're really counting on. And, uh you know, I think Daryl Taylor is a big one, um, but there's other guys there that, you know, are going to have to step up. And mostly it's in the running game, setting the edge. And you hear this all the time. Just do your job. Do your job. And, and there's times where you're, you're so gifted as an athlete that you think you can do more than your job. You know, if I got out <laughs> said, yeah, I can beat this guy inside and still make the play, just do your job, man. you got other guys who are gifted athletes too. And, again, I just think it's going to take time. I just want to see improvement every week and i and i and i believe we have yep um i was disappointed just the way we didn't finish last week um we should have won that game mm-hmm. i think we were better in atlanta now look we got detroit coming into town no chumps no, they, no chumps. they've got some guys now they're really banged up I and mean, that's the one thing if they're completely healthy this would be a tough game they should be two and one they should have won last week at minnesota um they blew that lead there at the end and uh they, they had a chance so Every game is going to be tough for the Seahawks. I just want to see improvement every week, and if we do, I think the wins will come. Progress report card. When I was in middle school, I got progress report cards, Moyer. How were they? Depends on when the progress report card was released, <laughs> okay? But for these Hawks, I think that they are moving in the right direction, so we're going to put the Atlanta Falcons to bed, and when we return, we'll give you the preview of the Detroit Lions that is right here next on Hawks Live. It's a good situation. We got, if you aren't here, you guys get here right now. Well, and if right you now. aren't here, which, by the way, we ate earlier at the Cactus. My goodness, that's, that's a great place. It was good. Yeah, re- really Service good was good. The ambiance. Yeah. The was, lighting was nice. It was good. And, by the way, if you're not here, get down here because we, we have raffles. We're giving away some pretty good stuff yep. as well. So. Gift cards all around. Make sure you guys get in. All right, so now we are going to preview the Detroit Lions. And let me tell you, folks, this is not the Lions that you think of. I'm seeing people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. This is not the lines of old to where you just show up and you're going to beat these guys. You look at the record, you're like, okay, they're one and two. Same old Lions, right, Paul Moyer? No, they are not. You look at them offensively. They are ranked third offensively, averaging 409 points. Rush offense, they are third, averaging 170 yards. And you look at the points they put up, they are second in the NFL, averaging 31 points per game. Yeah. All right, this is not the same Lions. And if you uh, if you watch HBO Hard Knocks. Do you like it? I, I love the culture over there in Detroit. I, I, I mean, Coach Campbell, he made me want to put on a helmet right now and play some football, Paul Moore. There's only been one Hard Knocks where I, I looked at the team, and maybe two, but it was two. It's the first time the Rams were on it, and they had Jeff Fisher as a coach. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, man, this, this organization's in disarray. And then the Cleveland Browns. 
I went, oh, man, they got no chance, man. The Bengals, too. I remember the Bengals were one of the with first the ones where I was like, yeah, that's all bad. But Detroit Dolphins, yeah. I mean, Detroit uh, – but Detroit, to me, is impressive. Yeah. I think their coach is impressive. I mean, he would he, – he's a motivator. They, look, when you're that bad that long, you got a lot of talent. And on top of that, <laughs> you look, they, they, they traded away, you know, Stafford. They got Goff, who – look, Goff's looked good so far. But the, here's their talent. And, I mean, we'll see if DeAndre Swift – plays but he is a gifted quick running back um he's averaging 8.6 yards per carry mm. and he's got 231 yards after three games he's questionable for this game they actually have eight offensive players that are questionable the other t- t- tough kid is is saint brown the wide receiver usc kid usc another yep. usc kid. fourth round pick not not a guy that he's going to you know, crush you with speed. I mean, he's not a four-two guy. He's not six foot four. He's not a DK Metcalf. He's probably five eleven, six foot. I think they got him listed at six foot, around two hundred pounds. So he's five eleven. He's five eleven. They got him listed at six foot. He's five eleven. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, they do some fly sweeps with him. He had a big run against Washington early on, where they had about two hundred yards rushing in that game, second game of the year. Um, he's a possession guy, crossing routes. Very productive, though. When you look at him right now, I mean, he's had. Uh, 33 targets. I mean, that's more than, than DK or, or Tyler so far. 23 receptions, 253 yards, averaging 11 yards per catch, which which is fine. But three TDs, he's he's really their, uh, what Goff is comfortable with. So they, they've got really good young talent, but they're really beat up. And so hopefully a couple of them aren't playing this week. Yeah, they're beat up. And what's messed up is that I'm not surprised that they're beat up. Because Dan Campbell over there oh, in camp, yeah. he goes, look, guys, we're, hey, we're going to hit. We're going to take guys to the ground. We're going to go full contact. And he goes, trust me, guys. Just trust me. So, do you trust him? Oh, I trust him. I, I, I would have done it. Yeah, I would have I I gone full speed and not, uh, not asked any questions. But maybe it's just unfortunate. But the people who watch Hard Knocks are going to look at the, uh, the injury report and say, see, I told you so. But we talked about how explosive this offense is, right? And all the numbers that they put up, one of the best offenses in the league. Let's flip and talk about this defense. Total defense, they are ranked 28th. Like, okay, we're going to uh, put up 409 yards. We're going to give up 408. <laughs> all right, we're going to rush for 170. We're going we're gonna to give up 142. That's 27th in the league. All right, we're going to put up 31 points. That's second best in the league. We're going to give up 31 points. That is last in the league. So when I look at the numbers, right, and numbers don't tell the whole story. They don't tell you that guys are injured. Um, they don't tell you that Jared Goff is playing pretty good football, even though you look at his passing percentage and you say what's going on there. Yeah. And then with the Seahawks, you look at our numbers. Offensive, offensively, we're ranked 28th in the league, 296 points, uh, excuse me, yards per game. Um, when it comes to rushing the ball, 29, 74 yards per game. But we've watched this team play, and we say, all right, offensively, they're growing. They're getting better. They might not be rushing the ball the way that we want them to rush the ball, but we see the potential there. I think you talked about Rashad Penny and him finishing runs and looking like he's getting downhill. Well, I like our running game right now. I just wish we'd run it more. Uh, I mean, if you look at our running backs right now, I mean, Penny's averaging, what, 4.8 yards or 6 yards per carry. Um, as a group, we're at four, but that's because Gino is averaging 1.5 yards per carry. He's got 10 rushes for 15 yards. So it pulled the the overall average out. But if you look at each running back, they're all averaging over four yards per carry. Yet I think we're third to last in total yards rushing per game. That just means we're not rushing it enough. You know, I mean, we got to give more carries to them. I think Penny is is ready to go off. All right, I mean, a big game, and I think our tackles have really settled into what the NFL is all about. I think our offensive line is 
much improved over last year. I mean, we're giving up, we're giving up six sacks so far. Uh, you know, Denver's giving up nine. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, maybe In case you're wondering. Maybe it's not the offensive line. So I, there's a lot of good things there. We've had two games where our first half were awesome, you know, against Denver and last week against Atlanta. We just got to finish the second half now. And certainly the defense has got to get better on third down and, and, and we got to stop the run. And it's going to take a little bit. So this team, I look at Detroit, they're good. Yeah. They're good. They're not great. They're mm-hmm. good. They're, we're going to have to play well to beat them. I look at their offensive line. They're not maulers, but they're, they're really tall. They're like mountain men, but they're screeners uh, for us. We get them in space, particularly their guards. I think we can get some pressure on the quarterback. Um, but we got to stop the run. I mean, that is un- at number one responsibility this week. You got to force Goff to beat you. Yep, you got to stop the run. And more, I'm going to be looking at our offensive tackles. We got two rookies over there, and they're going to go up against Aiden Hutchinson, right? You have two top 10 picks going at it Charles Cross, Aiden Hutchinson, and then you have Abe Lucas, uh, the later round pick. I look at Aiden Hutchinson, and I see a guy who is never going to give up on a play. Never. He's still green. He's only three, what, three games into his NFL career, but he has three sacks, a couple of tackles for loss, QB hits. He is super active when you turn on the film. What I, I like about our tackles is that they've already seen Bosa, you know, so I don't think Hutchinson is going to be better than Bosa. Chubb, you know, like they've seen some guys who can get after the quarterback, but when you look at Hutchinson, what do you see? Uh, I see he's an effort guy. Um, he, he's a little undersized, so if you get a veteran offensive tackle that understands the game, they can lock him up pretty good. But mm-hmm. there's not a lot of guys that are winning in two and a half seconds. I mean, th- those are rare sacks. I mean, usually they're, you got you to gotta beat the guy. I mean, you got to win the individual battle. And that's something defensively we got to do a better job too. But I look at him as it, it's purely effort. So for a guy like Gino, as you're counting, you know, that, that clock, he is going to keep coming after you. So yeah. you better get rid of the football in three seconds. But I don't think he's going to beat you off the edge in two seconds. Um, I don't think that's the kind of guy he is. He's still got a lot to learn about this game. Um, I like him. You'd love to have guys like him on the team because he never turns yeah. the motor off. Mm-hmm. Never. Uh, it's, it's really fun to watch him. All right, if you know the history of these two franchises, the Hawks lead the all-time series 11-5, to and they're 1-0 in the postseason against the Detroit Lions. The Seahawks have won 7 of the last eight. History can deceive you sometimes, though, man. I think this game is going to be more evenly matched than what people think, but I think it comes down to things that you said. you got to stop the run. Detroit Lions are averaging 170. Swift might not be there. So what? Jamal Williams is still a really good running back. I don't think they're going to change their offensive approach just because a couple of guys are out. Their philosophy is their philosophy, whether Amon St. Brown is there, whether Josh Reynolds is there. Those are two leading receivers for these guys, whether they're with their number two running back. You don't just change your offense because you got a couple guys out. No, and when I look at their running game particularly, it's – I think we can slow their running game. Now, again, they're not blowing. They're, I don't look at their offensive line. They're not two, three yards downfield, you know, pushing a defensive tackle into the linebacker they're, they're, like we've seen a, a couple of times already this year. They're, they're, again, they're more screeners. They're more finesse players. Uh, the big thing against Detroit, they've got to run. I mean, Swift had a 50-yard run, I believe, against Washington. And then St. Brown on a fly sweep had a 58-yard run versus Washington. They had almost 200 yards in that game. That's where most of their rushing yards have come from. It's just no big plays. I I was looking at a stat today. Um, It showed the number of solo tackles 
uh, by each team. And we were like, I think 44% of our tackles are, are solo tackles. It was like third in the league. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? It means at, that's not team defense. Right. Right? I mean, a lot of that is being isolated in the passing game too. You, that's where most of your solo tackles from. But I want to see more assists. I want to see less solo tackles. We need to get have a party at that ball, and we need to start getting to the football and everybody do their job. Hats to the ball. I'm yep. with that. Hey, come join us here on Thursday nights. We have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight they're giving away gift cards to Cactus, Fago de Chao, and Thai ki- Kitchen Bird Pepper. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Quentin Jefferson. That's next right here on Hawks Live. You know, Quentin Jefferson, he um, had a big sack last week. He did. That big 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, he came back this year. He's making plays already. What I like about Q is, man, he's got – you talk about that motor with Hutchinson, right? He's got a motor himself. Can't he, stop, he won't does. stop. No, I remember when we when he left and went to, to Buffalo. and That hurt, man. I mean, I remember because he, he was he was a, a, an up-and-comer, and, you know, he was playing well. And I remember him as rookie year. You know, now he's a big veteran. He's a vet. Uh, which, is, which is pretty amazing. But, you know, he's always been a, a really good football player and – um, I'm so glad we got him back as well because, you know, we got so many young players on this team right now. We need – they definitely need some leadership. And, you know, with this new defense, three, four, all new coaches, you know, a guy like Quentin Jefferson or Q for you um, uh, is <laughs> – Hey, because we go way back, Moya. I don't know if you know. No, I, I, like, I, like, like a couple like, seasons ago. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, it's just so important. I mean, it, that, I remember my rookie year when we had uh, Chuck Knox's first year coaching – and he brought in all these veteran guys who, had, who knew how to win because we were a very gifted young team. And he wanted to bring guys in to make sure that they understood what it took every day in practice, yeah. you know, all the stuff that you need to do to, to be successful. So, yeah, it's good to have him. But I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get him on because, you know, going from a 4-3 to 3-4, it's, different. It's, a, it's a huge difference. Yeah, and, you know, and he's got some experience. He was with the Seahawks in 2016, Rams in 17. Back to the Seahawks, 17 and 19. Then he goes to the Bills. Then he goes to the Raiders, and he's back. And that's a common theme we've seen with a lot of guys with the Seahawks. Somehow they find their way back home. What, what do you think it is about this organization that guys end up coming back? Well, I, I think in anything in life, right, when, when you're working, you just want to be respected. You don't want to be treated like men. And that's what this organization does, and that's what Pete did when he first came here. I mean, from the top down, it doesn't matter what position you play. Everybody's respected, and, and they treat you like you're the most important person in the world. Not every organization is like that. Not every organization has the facilities, the, all the, the things to help you recovery drinks and your own, um, you know, uh, natural beef and everything. I, I mean, everything is perfect for these players, and they treat them unbelievable. Why wouldn't you want to come back? Right. I, uh, so I was with the Hawks 08 and 09, and then I went up to Canada. And that was a rude awakening, Paul Moore. <laughs> I tell you, I went up to Canada. The facilities were different. The people, the people were great, but the organization was different. And I, I've had friends who played for Philly, for the Chiefs, for the Saints. And I hear horror stories mm-hmm. about what has happened there. Now, who knows what these organizations are like now. That was a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I remember leaving the Hawks, even though they cut me, and I'm still no hard feelings. Like, they, they treated you with respect. And uh, I think... A lot of guys can say that. So we're going to try to hook up with Quentin again. Quentin, what's up, man? You there? Yeah, I'm there. How you doing? What's going on, man? Thanks for taking time out of your day. Um, I'm not going to talk football to start. I'm just going to ask you a personal question. I'm a member of the bald head man community. 
Was that a decision for you, or did you just say, you know what, I'm going to just – was it forced, or did you just make it happen yourself? I was a little bit of both. You know, I've been bald for shoot, almost seven, eight years now, and uh, I've seen it coming. I just jumped ahead of it. You know I mean, I jumped ahead of the curve, but and I embrace the baldness, the bald life, you know. And hey, uh, I, but I got a plethora of hats, so I can I can switch it up just like people can switch haircuts. So hey, <laughs> and keep I'm it with good you. rotation. I'm with you. I let mine go around 23, 24. I got like 50 hats at the house. The wifey's like, "Is that enough?" I'm like, "There's never enough hats." Yeah, I don't know never what that's enough. like. Never I don't need a hat to stay warm during the winter. Um, I, I got this one head of hair. Hey, AQ, hey, we were talking about you, you know, your rookie year and, and the, all the potential, yeah. and then you left, you came back, and I remember when you left to Buffalo, that, that was a big loss for the Seahawks at the time, and, and now you're this veteran guy. I mean, you really are yeah. a veteran. We were talking about you with all the new coaches and all the young players you know, just to share the yeah. difference where you were the last time you were here and, and maybe just what you're doing from a leadership standpoint now. I know, yeah, it was crazy. Like, last time I was here, you know, we still had Russ, still had KJ, still had Bobby in the locker room. And, uh, you know, it was a complete 360, you know, on all levels. You know, you got a lot of younger younger guys, a lot of young talent. But, you know, in the past, I didn't have to be as vocal. You know, I can just go out there and do my thing. Now, you know, I'm actually looked at as, a, yeah, an older guy. And, Guys looking to me for wisdom because I, I played a lot of ball now and can give a lot of advice. So, I mean, it's definitely a 360, you know, get you out your comfort zone because uh, I'm asked to say more now. You know, and guys are actually looking to me now, you know, for guidance on and off the field. So, you know, with with much expected, much is given. So, you know, I have to go out there, you know, every day and work my tail because guys are looking to me at the lead way. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Q, man, I'm going to call you Q because, uh, you know, we go way back. No. I don't know if you know that, but we go no way doubt. back. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you talk about the personnel changing. Uh, the scheme has changed as well, right? You go from a 4-3 to a 3-4. I'm not sure what you ran at your other stops, but how has that changed yeah. um, just your role in the defense? Um, I mean, it changed my role because the 3-4, you know, is a more read front. And, um, you know, it, it – it, <laughs> I guess it's like I came from four three. It was more, it's more get off. You want to get off the ball, penetration. Here is you know, yeah, it's more reading and you know, more trying to keep God, the linebackers clean. And it, and it's more. I guess you have to be a little bit more disciplined, more patient. You know, but at the end of the day, uh, literally, is, yeah, football is football. You know, you get your hands on guys, on off blocks, you're gonna be good. I'm pretty sure you're gonna be good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's how my my approach with it. You know, still just. And then knowing where I can take my shots and use and still my nuance, my nuances of my skill, which are as quickness, looseness, and using good hand usage, and just knowing when to take up my shots. When when you look right, because you guys have struggled a little bit, um, mostly on yeah. big plays in the running game. It, is it yeah. more just the change in in scheme, or is it just what you're saying? It's just winning in individual battles right now. Um, yeah, that's definitely one thing is winning individual battles, you know, winning your one-on-one matchups across the board and just, yeah, being disciplined, you know, being where you're everybody, being where you're expected to be, you know. We all have to be accountable and have to be in our gaps. And, you know, that's one thing about this defense. You have to you have to be where you're supposed to be. It's like a puzzle piece. You know, one piece is missing. It messes up everything, you know. So we all have to be accountable to each other. And, you know, and with that, you know, I mean, you have more trust, you know, this, this is the beginning stages. You know, everybody's learning from coaches to players, and there's a little growing pains right now, but I have the utmost confidence that we're going to, we're going to get right and get back on track. 
you know, it's really just gaining that trust. And, again, like I said, everybody being accountable for where they are. You got Coach Hurt. The last time you he was the defensive line coach. Now he's your defensive yeah. coordinator. Has, has that, I don't know, relationship changed, or is he still the same Coach Hurt you've always had? I still the same coach hurt, man. He's a he's a passionate guy and very knowledgeable. You know, he still he still has a, a knack to find his way back to the D line room, you know, every day. <laughs> so bad. I still have a lot of a lot of time with him. You know, I say he's a smart coach and he knows his stuff. You know, and it's really yeah, we gotta go execute. You know, he's putting us in the right positions. He knows what the other teams are doing. You know, yeah, and it really just comes down to like, yeah, we got to go out there and execute for him because he's a great guy, and I want to, you know, I want to do everything I can to make sure he's successful in this league. Thank you. I look at film, and I, I encourage my boys who think they know football, who just watch it every now and then. I say, look, man, don't worry about the the stats or the record. Look at the progression yeah. of the offense and the defense. I know you guys gave up a lot of yeah. um, yards on the ground, but when you look at the progression of this defense do you like the way it's headed yeah i like the way it's headed like i said it's a lot of a lot of growing pains and um with that like i said like really it's just eliminating explosive you know we played good up into what was it, like three runs legit you know three runs can right. change the course of a game and that's like people don't realize how important eliminating explosives are explosives lead to points you limit the explosive that's the times you got you're gonna win a game you know, so the biggest thing is, like, yeah, we take those three runs away. It's a different ball game. And then that's just – that's football, you know. So that's what it comes back to, just being disciplined, doing right longer. You know, there's going to come down to games where who's going to outlast the other team, you know. And we still are a young team. We're still learning how to finish. And that's our biggest thing, you know, past couple of games, just finishing, doing right longer. So, I mean, I'm excited because I'm like, yeah, we're, we're heading in the right direction. That's what I'm telling people, just be patient. You know, first three games, and like I said, like, it's not really it isn't about how you start. It's about how you finish. Look at the Cardinals last year, won eight games in a row and fell flat in their face towards the end of the year. And then you look at the Bengals, who started off slow, and then we're in the Super Bowl. So, really, like, it's just a testament, you know, just we can have the same conversation in, in December, and then that, I think that will be a real conversation of how we're doing. I, I love it. I'm going to tell my 12-year-old, do right longer, son. There you go. Right, I, I love that. Do right longer. <laughs> no, that that is good. Hey, hey, we're visiting with Quentin Jefferson, and, and Quentin, we were talking earlier about there's a lot of guys that have came, were here in the organization, went to other teams. You you've been with you know three or four different teams. You 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 come back. Well, why do guys come back here, and what's different about this organization than maybe some of the other ones you you've been at? Um, you know, I, I had the four, I was fortunate enough to go to some great organizations. When I left here, but yeah, Seattle, A, you know, they're the first team that ever believed in me, my talents and gave me an opportunity. You know, they're familiar with me and just so many great people from top bottom. You know, it's a top notch experience. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, I can't explain, it's different. <laughs> you know, you get here, the energy is insane. You know, it's almost going back to playing Pee Wee football where it's just about having fun. You know, and that really, when you're at the essence of it, when you're having fun, you get the most out of guys. You're out there giving the, the most effort. You don't even realize it. So, um, and just getting back here with Pete, you know, and how he keeps everybody energized. And, yeah, it's just there's nothing like it in the NFL. <laughs> All right, Q, man, we appreciate your time, man. We love your energy. Welcome back to Seattle, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon, man. Oh, no, I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you. All right. Make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today we had our pre 
show meal at Cactus. We had the brisket burrito. It was delicious. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Kobe Bryant live and in person. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, clap it up one time for Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to just get it out the way. I hear it all the time, but it's different coming from me. I'm going to tell you why right. it's different. One, L.A. fitted. I'm from L.A. Okay. All right, okay. so my, my relationship with Kobe is different. Two, yeah. my middle son's name is Kobe, oh, yeah. named after Kobe. Right, right. So, uh, one, I, I, I saw that you were you were drafted, and I said, all right, let me look up this young man, see what he's about. <laughs> Jim Thorpe Award winner, yes, other side sir. of Sauce Garner. Yes, uh, I felt like you didn't get the respect that you deserve, but right. I also think that helps you play with that, that chip Absolutely. on your shoulder. And, and I I love it. I love seeing you going out there and make plays. Absolutely. What's crazy to me is your name is Kobe and you're from the land of LeBron. Right. You're from Ohio, <laughs> right, man. So right. um, was it, what was it about Kobe that made your parents say, all right, man, we want to name yeah. our son after, but switch the name up a little bit. Right. It was honestly, you know, just the approach, you know, not just him on the court, but just how he carried himself as a man as well. Um, you know, they felt like that was the perfect name and fit for me. Obviously, your last name was already Bryant. Yep. And uh, it was crazy. My mom actually wanted to name me after my dad. But What's your dad's name? Ronnie. Ronnie, okay. Yeah, but my dad and my mom thought that was kind of corny. So she was like, no, we're just going to name you Kobe. And then that's what it was. So. Yep. But we'll, we'll leave Kobe alone now. No, buddy. no, I, I can't. Oh, you got, you got more? No, oh, I, I he's, honestly, he's from Cali, too. Okay, so. No, I, okay. well, yeah, I'm, you know, I go back to Magic Johnson to Kobe. <laughs> so I got a little bit more. But what was it like growing up with that name? Because right. I got to believe right. you got to ribbed a little bit and teased but what, what was that like absolutely it was definitely i, I remember i was telling uh, i think i was telling my coach probably like two weeks ago like i would be in like lunch lines for for school and you know i would go up there and get my food but they didn't believe my name <laughs> so i had to like show some form of identification that it was actually my name before i could get some food but just to big, piggyback on what you said you know it's an honor carrying the name you know i honestly believe that it you know helped me become who i am today you know just how I, you know, think mentally and, you know, just how I go about the game as well, too, even though we play two different sports. But yeah. he just had the right mentality, and, uh, you know, he's, he's the greatest. So About greatness, man. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely push you. Absolutely. So you, uh, you started your college career as a safety. At least I saw right. an S by your name. Amen. There we <laughs> go. Year, young safety right here. Um, and then in college, you go to corner. You went to right. Jim Thorpe. And right. then the first preseason game, I'm like, all right, where's A at? And then I right. see you outside, and they slide you inside to the right. nickel. What was that uh, transition like, and how right. do you like it? Because it's a, it's a different game. Oh, in, absolutely. In the absolutely. Well, just to, you know, piggyback on what you said about safety, I honestly didn't know I was getting recruited for safety until I first got to Cincy. And then, you know, for like the first, I want to say, five, six, five weeks of my freshman year, they, then they changed me to a corner. And then, you know, like you said, it's a completely different thought process now. You know, I'm, I'm on the outside, you know, covering the top receivers. Yeah. And then, you know, I get here, and then, you know, I'm thinking I'm a corner, which I still am. And then, you know, Coach Hurt threw it out in the air, like, how you feel about playing nickel? You know, I, I didn't mind it, you know, just to help me get on the field and help the team as well. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I've been learning. Even to this day, I'm still learning something new, you know, just to get better. And uh, I, I love it, man. I'm around the football. Yeah. I get the blitz, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just enjoy it, though. Well, you know, yeah. it's interesting because when they were talking about that and I was watching you in college, I go, look, you're right. a playmaker. I mean, right. you read the quarterback. Fantastic. Right. Look, this game in the NFL, it's between the numbers. Absolutely. And so you're in that nickel spot. I think it's a great spot for you. Absolutely. But you also, like I said, you get the blitz. Yeah. Um, you got to be a part of the running game. Absolutely. How much of a part of the running game were you in college? Not that much. Yeah. Um, you know, me being a physical guy that I am, you know, I like to tackle. I didn't mind it, you know, but like I said, when you're on the outside, you know, you're just focusing on covering that man and, you know, unless the formation changed where I had to be inside of the run fit. But 
now with nickel, you know, I'm pretty much a part of it, you know, with different formations of the offense or whatever the case may be, you know, just understanding my run fits and everything. So now I only played a little bit. I ain't, I ain't playing the league <laughs> as long as you are going to play. But right. the biggest play I made, I heard the call and I'm like, oh, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? So when yeah. you heard that blitz, man, oh, man. What, what was going on in your mind? I saw the emotion afterwards. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's crazy how. Me and Coach Carroll actually worked on, you know, my blitz path, you know, prior to it. I never really blitzed, you know, from corner. I was just so focused on, you know, just trying to make a play in the backfield. But it's actually, you know, a certain path that you have to take to be able to make the play. And right. we worked on it the whole week. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy how it showed up. And like you said, when I got the call, I was extremely excited. And then once I got my opportunity, you know, I, I full speed, you know, I made the play. So let's go. Was that for because you don't see a lot of traditional I formation, right, right? right? I mean, they right. had an I formation, a fullback, just a traditional two wide receivers opposite edge, a tight end, right. you know, back now. Was that the formation you were expecting for the blitz? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. You were? Okay. You know, like I said, I give co thanks to, you know, Coach Hurt and uh, Coach Carroll for even giving me the opportunity to even blitz on that play. And like I said, it was a great call, you know, at the right time. And, you know, I just made the play, so. Man, so I watched film on you in college. And the, right. one of the things, many things that stood out was how, I always look at how a player's body language is when the ball is in the air. Right. Because there's some dudes who just lose Panic, everything yeah. and don't Panic. know what to right, do. And right. I always watch it, and I'm like, all right, he has great body control when the ball's in the air. Then I heard that you played baseball. Right. You played in the outfield. Right. You think right. that has something to do with it? Absolutely. You know, if you could track a baseball, you know, with me playing center field, uh, it helps you a lot. You know, football is obviously way bigger. But that definitely played a big part in, you know, having great ball skills and, you know, just not panicking when, it, when the ball is in the air. Yeah. What did you play in high school? Uh, center field, uh, first base, and I pitched a little. What about fo uh, in a fo on the football field? Uh, played quarterback, receiver, and then I played safety in corner too. Did you play basketball? No, no basketball. Okay, you're the first guest we've had because <laughs> we've had Charles Cross, we've had uh, Abe Lucas, right. and we had uh, Tariq Woolen, right. and they all think they're phenomenal football <laughs> players. But So you go to Cincinnati. Your brother, Christian, yeah. uh, played in the NFL for a long time as well, right. but started as a freshman at right. Ohio State. Right. Um, how do you end up at Cincinnati with your brother going to Ohio right. State the whole time? You know, obviously, you know, with him going to Ohio State and I was being the, the younger brother, I obviously wanted to be do everything that he did, you know, whether if it went to Ohio State or whatever the case may be. Um, Ohio State didn't recruit me. So, you know, I kind of took a personal, uh -huh. you know, and, you know, like I said, just use that extra chip on my shoulders to keep working. And then, you know, Coach Fickle actually coached my brother at Ohio State. And then once I got the opportunity, you know, once he got the job at Cincy, he offered me. And, you know, I, I didn't hesitate at all. You know, I, I jumped right at it, and, you know, the rest is history. So I feel like, you know, that was part of God's plan. is my plan as well, too, to, you know, have an opportunity with, with uh, Cincy. How many times did you play Ohio State? Just once. How did you play? Uh, we lost. Uh, no, but how did you play? <laughs> oh, how did I play? Um, not good. I didn't no? play that, that good. Okay, but I was waiting for a really good story nah, here, yeah. man. <laughs> I should have done better research on that. No, nah, not that good. No, nah. nah, yeah. man, I apologize for that. No, nah, it's all right. Throwing you out on that one. Uh, it's good. It's all good. Man, you got an interesting story. You've been around right. good football players. Definitely. So I took my trip to USC back in the day before you were probably even born or you just a baby. <laughs> and uh, Ted Ginn was on my trip. Yeah. And uh, you guys went to the same high school. Absolutely. So what was it like just being around that at a young age? I would right. imagine. Imagine that seeing just all the accomplishments and, and the love that he was getting inspired you even more right. to, to do what you do. Right. Yeah, you know, you know, he's a, a big help even to this day. You know, that's like my big brother. We talk a lot. Um, you know, I was just, I just seen him in the summer and, you know, he was just telling me about Seattle. Mm -hmm. 
and, and like I said, he's just, just seeing that from four or five years old up until now it has been a tremendous help to now I know what it takes to, you know, make it to the NFL, right. you know, and, and him playing 15 years in the NFL crazy. is crazy. It's a blessing, you know, oh, and him, man. you know, giving me the game to now I can play 20 years, if, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's extreme helping. I'm, I'm extremely blessed. What's your return game like? Because, you know, Ted, you, you know, had the burners out there. Oh, no, not on his level. man. I, he had, <laughs> I can't return. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can't return anything, so. We hear a, a lot from people who get drafted by the Seahawks that yeah. they say, well, did you know you were going to get drafted by the Seahawks? They go, oh, they didn't even talk to me. Right. What, right. what was the story there? Actually, I did talk to the Seahawks probably like three times. And then, you know, when I was at the Combine, I had to sit down with Coach Hurt, uh, Coach Carroll, Coach Scott, you know, the rest of those guys all in one room. So I'm walking in the room, and I'm like, oh, man, there's a, there's a lot of guys in here, like a lot of people in here. And then, I, I'm, then another thing is, like, I'm actually going to meet with Coach Carroll. Like, you know, he's a, he's a legend. And, you know, I met in there. I went in there. They put up some film. You know, I talked them through it. It was only like six minutes. So I'm leaving out. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I, I couldn't have did that good then if it, the meeting was only like six minutes. And then, uh, you know, I get the call on, on uh, draft day, and I was extremely excited about that. So so you, you land in Seattle. Yeah. And, and at least when we did it, they, they pick you up from the airport of the shuttle. Oh, yeah. For about sure. 14 dudes in a van. <laughs> you sizing dudes up. As soon as you get in there, like, all right, what's going on for here? Sure. Then they take you to the hotel, give you itinerary, then you yeah. show up. At, yeah. at VMAC, what was that moment right. like walking through the doors and being like, all right, it, it's time to compete, it's time. time to go? Yeah, just like you said, literally everything you said happened, you know, from getting on a flight. Um, you know, it was, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, the guys in my draft class actually played in the senior bowl with me, so I was familiar with those guys. And then, you know, once I walked in, like you said, in VMAC, I knew it was time. You know, I got fitted for my helmet, my jersey, got my cleats and everything, and I just knew it was, it was from that point on it was time to go to work, so... We're visiting with Kobe Bryant, the Kobe Bryant for the Seattle Seahawks corner. Talk about the locker, not with locker room, um, the meeting rooms with the DB. I mean, you got Coach right. Scott, you got Coach Desai. Right. Talk about just how they are as coaches right. and the way they communicate. Because I've seen some YouTubes and oh, yeah. they're pretty impressive. Cross on point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Just like you said, they're two different guys, obviously. You know, Coach Scott is more the, you know, the funny guy, but he's also extremely smart versus, you know, Coach Desai. He's extremely smart coming from a defensive coordinator you know standpoint but those guys have you know helped me not just me but everyone in the room as well but you know me right now have helped me play the nickel position and actually understand and and honestly you know even smart in my football IQ as well too so that they have been a tremendous help do you guys stay together as DBs or do you sometimes yeah. break as corners and safety? Yeah. You guys all stay together? Yeah stay together yes. Okay yeah. I mean because in the past sometimes they break right, that right, stuff up. And, right right. I, mean, I was on the offensive side of the ball, but I remember when I got to the league, I thought, man, this is fast, man. Oh, and yeah. when I was in college, we played yeah. USC. I'm a Pac-12 guy. Right. We played Auburn. We played Wisconsin. I seen right. that you played against Alabama, right. Georgia, UCLA. What was yeah. the other Ohio school you named? Ohio State. State. Right. Um, when, what, what was the difference? Were, were, was that competition close to the right. NFL? Did you feel the same? Or did yeah. you get to the league and be like, okay, this is even a, a notch above that? Right. Honestly, yeah, they – you know, going against those schools in college, you know, they definitely was NFL talent level, obviously, you know. But once I got to the NFL, honestly, once I got to, you know, practice and started, you know, covering, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, DK, and, uh, you know, just seeing those guys. And they honestly prepared me, you know, for the games. You know, those two other two best receivers in the NFL. And uh, so, honestly, I wouldn't say the game was that much faster. 
but it definitely was faster, though, for sure. Do they, do they give you any tips to DK and Lockett, those guys oh, talk to you and be like, hey, when definitely. I do this, think this? Definitely, definitely. You know, they've been giving me tips since I've been here, you know, and I'm extremely grateful for those two. And like I said, they've prepared me for any receiver. So when I step out there on Sundays, I'm not, you know, nervous or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yep. Well, we've seen the improvement every week. Do you right. feel like you're, you're there? Is, it, is this thing slowing down for yeah, you? Absolutely. You know, that's the biggest goal, bigger goal for, you know, not just me, but anyone, you know, just to improve every week. You know, uh, you know, it's a long season. So, you know, we just have to keep getting better and, you know, keep focusing on the little things. Okay, talk about Seattle now. I right. mean, that's, it's a long way from Ohio. <laughs> sure. um, it's a different culture up here. The weather's <laughs> sure. been great so far. So, right, right. And by the way, it's always like this. So you're good. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> you, hey, you got a jacket? <laughs> Get your jacket. Yeah, the nice thing, Seahawks have good jackets, too. Sure, sure. What, what, do you, what do you like to do away from yeah. football? Have you, anything you, you've gotten comfortable with out here? Yeah, um, just the, the restaurants here are pretty good, too. You know, so I like to, you know, even at the mall here, you know, just yeah. eat good food and, you know, just enjoy the scenery. Like you say, you know, the weather it's pretty nice right now, but I know in a, you know about a month or so it's not gonna be like this. So you know I'm enjoying it while I can. It won't what, be too what, cold, but it'll be a little rainy. It'll be a little nippy. But you're from the Midwest, so you right. should be yeah, yeah, for sure. What, what are the people like? Cause uh, I remember I'm from LA. Yeah. LA, nobody talks to nobody, head down. Right, everyone's right, doing their own thing. Right. I went up to the Northwest, and people are looking me in the eye, saying, you know, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I, I wasn't used to that. Right. What's the difference between just the culture between the Midwest yeah. and here, and, and what are the similarities? I, the only difference is I feel like you know the people are a lot nicer here. And, I, and I, I'm thankful for that, you know, in the versus the Midwest, you know, you, not, you have a lot of nice people, but, you know, even like the people in L.A., you can people will walk past, you know, with their head down or not even pay attention to you. And then the similarities are, I would say, like, you know, it's good food spots here and, you know, and then back home as well, too. So right. ask yeah. them food spot. What's that? That's usually your question. The food spot. What's well, your favorite food yeah, spot? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a different question. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, no, I'm teasing. Um, I, I've, now I forgot my question. My bad. No, my I, bad. I literally forgot my question. All right. Well, last one we got for you. Right. You found a food spot. What's your go-to? Um, actually, it's my mom's favorite. But she every time she comes here, we have to eat it. So I'll say like Joey's. It's, ah, it's right there. Good, yeah. yeah, she loves it. She always calls me. Have you yeah. ate Joey's yet? And um, I'll tell her, yeah, I've had it. So here's where here's where you're gonna find a difference up here, man. The 12s love you, absolutely. And, and it's it's a connection like nobody's business. So I don't know how recognized you are yet, yeah. but you're going to be. Absolutely. So get used to it. Absolutely. And and again, they're. It's a, it's a nice love fest. Yeah, for sure. All right. You guys give it a one time for Kobe Bryant, man. Kobe, Thank we you. appreciate Thank you taking time out of your day. When Absolutely. we return on Hawks Live, we will go around the NFL. That's next. Kobe Bryant's an impressive he's kid. A, he's a that, fine young that man. That was a really fun interview. And, it really was. Um, he is very comfortable in his skin. He's really intelligent young man and um, he wants to get into uh, broadcasting apparently well, afterwards. Clearly look, I I'm I'm He'll about about the time he's ready, I'll be out of here. Yeah, I'm I'm have to hold on to my job for dear life, messing with <laughs> messing with Kobe Bryant. No, I don't want to mess with him. He's going to be a <laughs> fantastic football player too. I mean, I loved watching in his games in in college. I mean, he's just a playmaker, and you know the transition from outside to inside. I mean, it is a learning curve. Yeah, you know, because you're really playing between the numbers now. There's mm -hmm. different route combinations. You drop in a zone. You know, you're on the outside. It's you're you're looking inside, right? Yeah. And so you look inside. My receiver comes inside. Now I'm looking for somebody coming outside. Well, it's completely different. Now I'm a slot. I got a guy going in, and I got to look for a turn. Yeah. But I never have to do that when I'm outside. And the corner. and you're accounted for sometimes in the run game. So there's in somebody the coming game, to block you. You know what I'm saying? It's blitz a, a little. Yeah. I mean, now he's going to be a really good. Yeah. Football he's going to be good. Well, let's uh let's go around the NFL and talk about some matchups 
that we are looking uh, looking forward to seeing. The first one that I see that pops out to me more is Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. Both these future Hall of Famers, the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, and Pat Mahomes are coming off of losses. Tom Brady lost to the Green Bay Packers. Then the Kansas City Chiefs were upset by the Indianapolis Colts. I, I wrote them off already, but that's the NFL. Mm -hmm. You never know. I want to see how, right how, these, how these guys – I wrote them off as not a threat to these guys. Not, not write them off like they're not going to make the playoffs or it's over for them. But I didn't think they would give Kansas City no type of work. But uh, that's the Sunday night game. And the NFL does a great job of scheduling. Like, of course you want Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady on Sunday night football. I'm looking forward to that game. Any matchups you're looking forward to seeing? Well, I, I think this year, so there's no great team. I thought Buffalo was the Me great too. team. And, and they too. went, and I, I get traveling down to, to Florida and playing Miami. I mean, those are always tough games for anybody in the AFC East. I mean, New England always struggled, even though they had great teams. Um, but I was still a little bit shocked that they ended up losing that game because I really thought that'd be the the one team that would be undefeated for a while. I, there's two undefeated teams left, and there's a good chance that Dolphins lose tonight. Um, since he's throwing hands with them. Yeah, I mean, and Cincinnati to me is a, a bit of the, uh, um, I don't know, I guess uh, surprise so far to me because I thought they were such a good football team, but their offensive line is horrible. So the game I'm, I'm most interested in that I had no idea would be an interest to me uh, coming into this year is the Jags versus the Eagles. I mean, the Jaguars are two and one. Yeah. They've got a lot of talent. Again, you lose as, as often as they, they do. You're going to have some high draft picks. Um, and obviously you got Trevor Lawrence now is playing pretty good. They got a coaching staff that actually knows what they're doing. and isn't creating all kinds of noise, you know, behind the scenes for the players. The Eagles to me is another huge surprise. Mm -hmm. um, I, their schedule so far has been kind of weak, so I think this will be a good test to see which one of these guys is real. But, but both of them right now seem like pretty good football teams. You talk about the Buffalo Bills. I know you saw what happened with that offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, yeah, the like kid it. out of University of Miami. He lost his you-know-what. Now, I'm, I tell people, I go, man, stuff like this happens in the NFL. But whoever covered up that camera to uh, – to, for damage control and block off the complete fit, he needs a raise because we saw Ken Dorsey lose his cool, uh, but it, I felt like it would have went a step further if we would have saw what happened. But this is what I told people. I go, look, man, this is football. It's emotional, right? Whether you're on the field, whether you're upstairs calling plays, whether you're on the sideline, it's emotional. And I don't know one person who's conducted himself exactly the way he's wanted to conduct himself at all times while coaching or playing a football game. So he'll, I guess he'll learn from it, but it doesn't surprise me to see an offensive coordinator. Look, more they had 90 plays. Josh Allen threw the ball for 400 yards. They possessed the ball. They had more rushing yards, more passing yards, more first downs, and they lost that game. I might be mad, too, as a coordinator. Well, and it was about 100 degrees, and, you know, the, the, he actually had a lot of praise talking about their offensive coordinator for the Bills because of the effort they did. I, you know, I've coached in the NFL, and I've coached in high school, and the times I get the most mad is when I know we should be better. I know I should have been better as a coach. You know, I know we should have executed better. I didn't get mad when we lost. Yeah. I got mad when we lost a game that, man, I may have messed that up. You know, my guys, why, why did – I've coached this thing a thousand times, and you're so frustrated because you spend so much time preparing these people to, for an opportunity to win. And with coaches, I get to hang my hat on one thing. It's wins and losses. Right. That's it. As a player, I can go play great and we lose. I'm bummed. But I get to walk in the room and say, 
I did my job, right? <laughs> I mean, there's been times where we've won, and I said, eh, man, this is going to be a brutal, brutal film. So yeah. it's very different as a player than a coach. I don't have a problem with that at all. Hey, the other big game, I think, you know, it's Rams at 49ers. Yeah. I thought the 49ers were a Super Bowl contending team. I thought they were, too. They just – I. That last week thing against Denver, what the heck was that? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You know what it looked like? Ten points? We we thought when the way Jimmy entered the game and looked so smooth doing what he does, he fooled us. We were like, okay, Jimmy, it's like it's, it's just insert and, and let's go. But it looked like he has some learning to do as well, or at least he's knocking off Jimmy's some rust Jimmy. or some cobweb. Jimmy Jimmy got them to the conference championship, to the I Super know, Bowl. but everybody knows What's Jimmy is Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, Jimmy has these weaknesses. Jimmy, he goes to his comfort. His comfort is, I'm going to throw between the numbers. And all you got to do is crowd the middle of the field. He's going to throw some picks to you. He, yeah. o- he always does. He, he almost threw two to us in the game we, we played. Um, I, th- I think I was more disappointed they just couldn't move the football the way they should have in the running game. I mean, I thought Denver's defense was good. I just didn't know they were going to be that good. And I think they're third in the league right now. Uh, 11 to 10. I mean, I hated to see Russell again in a fourth quarter comeback thing. He, did it he, surprise you, though? No. It, well, it, what surprised me is how poorly he's playing right now. But yeah. what didn't surprise me is I got the football in my hand, and it's the last drive I'm going to go down and score. Yeah. We've seen that a million times. I mean, we've seen Russell not have good. I've seen Russell throw four interceptions in the first half and come back and win in, yeah. a, in a playoff game. I've seen Russell, we're down 21 to nothing, and I go, man, this guy's not good. And, you know, he, he finds a way to win. And he's not the same player to me that he used to be. I, you know, you win 11-10, it's hard to give your quarterback credit, and especially when two of those points came on a safety. Um, but I guess i got to give him a little credit. Yeah, you got to give him some love. Give him some love. I, I don't have to. You don't have to. And I'm actually I'm not going to. So never mind. You already I, did. It's in the atmosphere. No, I'm not. It's in the universe can't, already. Can't, you already you, put it out there. Can you edit that? Okay, we're going to edit that gonna out. edit that out. More, <laughs> hey, hey, more did not give love to Russell. More did not do that. All right. One game I'm looking forward to seeing is your boy Russ versus uh, the Raiders, Raiders, man. The Raiders, Raiders. are 0-3. 0-3. They are 0-3. They might be the most talented 0-3 team I've seen. You got Devontae. You got Derek Carr, who is... And above average quarterback, not an elite quarterback. Yeah, you got Darren Waller, the the one of the best tight ends in the game. You got Hunter Renfro, one of the best slots in the game. You got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. It makes no sense why the why these guys are zero three. Well, here's the sense, man. You, you, Josh McDaniels, man, his record. He's coach. There's a head coach, isn't he? Yeah. I, there's just something about him. I don't know. He's a good offensive <laughs> good coordinator. Yeah. And there are some guys that that transition to head coach. It's very different. I mean, you're managing the whole team. You're, it's not yeah. just the football part of it. You also got to deal with, you know, the general managers and the scouts. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. I got to deal with the media every single He's day. He's calling plays too, ain't he? And, and so your time is pulled in, in every direction. And then I got to go call plays. And then I got to have somebody make sure that they do the clock management part. And somebody's pulling on my belt to make sure I'm, you know, back, <laughs> back, you know, get, get back, back coach. coach. There, there's so much into that going from a, you know, a COO to a president or a COO of a company. And that's what he, that jump is. Second week in a row, you've mentioned that. He's a president of a company, so he knows exactly what he's talking about, folks. It's hard. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. The transition's hard, um, and it takes time, is all I'm saying, to settle in. And uh, I, I, I think of any time you hire a, a head coach, and even in college, particularly in college, you take an offensive coordinator and put him in a major program as a head coach right from the get-go, yeah. man, that rarely works out. 
you got to watch a guy build a program and go through all those learning curves. And I just look at that's to me what the Raiders are. They're just, they got a head coach who's probably very talented on the offensive side. It just doesn't know how to quite run a, a franchise. I'm going to put this out there. Two years. He is the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. <laughs> he seems to the find, find his way back home. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Belichick's like, man, go ahead. Live life. You know, you're 18-year-old. You send him off to college, and they're like, you know what, Dad? I messed up this semester. I'm going to come home again because uh, I need some more discipline. You know, that, that's, that's what's going on with him right there. All right. I agree. Lots more to do when we get back. When we come back, we are going into – the film room. That is when we break down a bunch of plays. We're going to break down Will Disley's 18-yard touchdown, Kobe Bryant's sack against Marcus Mariota, and also Marcus Mariota finds Drake London for a 14-yard touchdown. We're going to break down, the, break down those plays next right here on Hawks Live. Kobe Bryant has been here. We talked to Quentin Jefferson. We've previewed the Lions, and now it is time to break down some of the plays from last week. We call this going inside the film room. The very first play we're going to break down Paul Moyer. Geno Smith finds Will Disley for an 18-yard touchdown. Empty backfield on second and 13. Geno negotiates the blitz down the middle. Touchdown, Seahawks. Great protection for Geno. He waited, waited, and Will Disley comes open at the goal line. Geno fires a shot, and the Seahawks score their first touchdown in six quarters, and they retake the lead at 9-7. to seven. All right, I'll tell you what I see here, Moyer. I see a three-by-two set that is empty. You got three receivers to the right of Geno. You got the two tight ends, kind of tight and a nasty look. And then you have, I think that's Rashad Penny as the number one receiver outside. Up top, you got two receivers, and the defense is in a two-high look. You got two safeties, right? What happens here is that Mike goes on the blitz. That's the middle linebacker blitzes. So the middle of the field is open. The middle field is already one of the softest spots on the field when it comes to attacking a too high defense. So now you have Will Disley and Kobe Parkinson at the number three and the number two spot. Number three is the guy closest to the tackle. The number two is the guy next to him. What Kobe Parkinson does is he runs a speed out. So now that outside backer has to respect him a little bit. He bounces outside. The corner downside has eyes inside. He's in a cover two look, so he's respecting the speed out. What Will Disley does, we used to call this back in, in college uh, a prairie, an outpost. Uh, apparently there was a show called Out on the Prairie back in the day, and my coach said, look, it's gonna, we're going to call this an outpost because it reminds me of Out on the Prairie. So he runs an out attacking that linebacker, widens him up a bit, and then he snaps it right in between the safeties. Geno Smith knows, look, that Mike linebacker is gone. The middle of the field is wide open, but I got to be on time. If he is not on time, there's a crossing route coming from DK Metcalf. He's in the slot on the other side of the field crossing. If he doesn't throw the football exactly when he throws it, this ball is tipped or DK interferes. Everyone, this is a perfect example of everybody doing their job, spreading the field out, Geno seeing the blitz, you throw to the vacant spot. Yeah, I mean, look, this is another good one by Shane Waldron. I mean, this is schemed big time. Um, you think he was expecting this, that, well, there, that well, blitz? No question. Well, I think it, the way they're running their cover two, usually when you run a cover two, you have the corners outside. You try to funnel the receivers, the outside receivers, inside right. so you don't stretch the safeties too wide because the, the the weakness of that defense is down the middle of the field so a linebacker has to run with the number three receiver whoever runs down the middle of the field so but what Atlanta does is they try to 
trick them a little bit, and they bring their corners inside. And so, and they must be expecting us to run some crossing routes or, or something inside the numbers. So they're saying, okay, well, they're expecting something as, as well. Or maybe they thought they were going to get a side adjust, you know, with the, sending a, a middle linebacker. The problem with this, and this is why this was schemed, this is all on, to me on Shaden Waldron, this touchdown. As soon as they see that, they put both of their R wide receivers, they put it on a, out wide down the sideline. Why did they do that? Because it forces the safeties that they have to go to the sideline, which makes the middle of the field even wider. Gino sees it immediately, and our tight end, Disley, does a great job because he, he fakes like he's going to run like a, a little bit of an out route, and then he immediately breaks it back to the post. Gino wastes no time. He barely gets to his third step, and that ball's out. As soon as he sees the linebacker not run deep with that tight end, he says, it's wide open. There's no safety there. Yep. And now it's still, it's a precision throw. It's a precision. Everybody, you just said, everybody did their job. The outside receivers, even though one was, a, I think, was Penny. Yep. They did their job, got wide, uh, forced the safeties to, to honor that. And then Disley beat the linebacker, and Geno saw it. It's a great throw. It's a great, great call. Yep, beautiful call, beautiful throw. Everyone does their job. All right, this next play, Kobe Bryant sacks Marcus Mariota for a six-yard loss. Second down and 16 after the penalty. I backs behind Mariota. Turns, play fake, gets hit and goes down. And he gets blasted. Cody Bryant coming on the blitz. Scheme again on this one. Uh, we, we had Colby on earlier. Uh, and he, he talked about this, this blitz and, and sack. And I asked him, I said, Did you, were you expecting this formation? Because usually in this situation, you get three wide receivers or you get two wide receivers, two tight ends. They actually went to a traditional pro offensive formation where they had an I formation, two backs in the backfield. They had a tight end to the defense's uh, left, and then two wide receivers split out on opposite ends of each other. And so, again, this was a great call by Coach Hurt. They ended up bringing our outside linebacker inside the tight end. They weren't expecting Kobe Bryant to blitz off no. the edge, uh, coming off the tight end. So they just said, and then the way their protection worked, too, we ended up sending five guys. They wouldn't have been able to pick him up anyways. They had to change protection the other way. Um, what's fun, and, and it's a great blitz. And sometimes the blitzes when you're wide open, no one blocks you, and the quarterback's looking at you, you miss it a lot. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Sometimes just all they got to do is make a step, a, a half a step one way or the other. He drills the quarterback, and Mariota is a pretty gifted runner. That was impressive. The funniest part to me is how crazy Kobe Bryant went on this blitz. Oh, yeah. He's, he's so excited. And I watched the, our defensive ends, uh, Nwosu. He's like, yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, it's a sack I should add, but nice work. Uh, I'm kind of teasing, but it was kind of the reaction. But it was a great play. Another great call by, by our coaches. Yeah, I, I love the call to Kobe Bryant's side. As a receiver, I see that safety creep down, and he's standing right over that nickel. I'm thinking some, something's about to happen right there. He's creeping. And then you look at Daryl Taylor. He occupies that tight end. If Daryl Taylor goes outside, he doesn't do what he's supposed to. He goes outside that tight end. He gets in the way of Kobe Bryant. But because he goes inside, he attacks with that C gap. It forces the tight end to respect it. Then it opens up that outside lane for Kobe Bryant. And then it's just getting after the quarterback, making a play. Just like when you're a receiver catching a football and you're all by yourself, I would imagine getting after the quarterback and you're all by yourself, there's a lot of opportunity to mess some things up. No, no question. And, and Nwosu's on the other side. He beats their tackle really quick. There's actually a holding penalty they called on their offensive tackle. So if Kobe doesn't get there, I think 
Nwosu gets there. So maybe that's more the reaction from Nwosu. Like, man, you <laughs> held me. I just right. had a corner. Yeah. It was a nickel, got a sack. And I could have got that if I wasn't held. But, uh, again, great call. Really, really well run. Good job. All right, this last play we're going to break down. Marcus Mariota finds Drake London for a 14-yard touchdown. Empty backfield for Mariota. Three receivers near side. Blitz is coming. Throw inside. Spinning out of one tackle. Breaking another is London for a touchdown. They just made that way too easy. Made it look way too easy. Blitz was coming, and he just got rid of the ball instantly, did Mariota. And then London broke two tackles and stepped into the end zone from 14 out. And now the Falcons, once again, take the lead at 26-23. Look, I mean, Drake London makes a really good spin move. I mean, to me, it's just an effort play. Um, They see a blitz from us. Um, They are empty backfield. Um, They see us blitzing. And so Mariota doesn't even take a step. And he just throws it immediately. Here's what jumped out at me on this play. That should not have been a touchdown. Nope. Their left tackle jumped. That should have been a legal mm. procedure. Should have been a five-yard right. penalty. They should have called that play dead. I have no idea why they didn't, but they should have. Now, the other thing is we have to learn that when they run hitch routes, where's my help? And so, young guys, you got to help inside with the safety. You cannot let him spin around because there's nobody outside for that touchdown. At the same time, Drake Lund is a He's going to be a pretty good wide receiver. See blitz, throw into the blitz, and then force the defense to make a tackle. Those are the three plays that we broke down. Geno Smith finds Will Disley for a touchdown. Kobe Bryant says Marcus Mariota, and then Marcus Mariota finds Drake London for a touchdown. When we return, we will talk that talk. Me and Paul Moyer will uh, break down some topics. It's Geno Smith, man. Is he going to lead the league in NFL with completions? Will Detroit rush for 100 yards? We'll talk about a couple things and more. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Enough of that, Moyer. Keys of victory. How do we do this? How do we get this done? Uh, slow the running game down. Just talk defensively. And, and we got, Goff is going to give us opportunities to get interceptions. We've only have one uh, so far. I mean, Tariq Woolen got one last week. Um, we we got to start getting some turnovers on defense. So that's a big one, and, and they're ripe for it. Look, the other one is look, I think we're a good team that just needs to play good for four quarters. You know, and then we got these spurts. We got a lot of young guys. Just shut it down, man. Just go play football, man. Yes, you need to think. It's called alignment, assignment, then react and go play football and do your assignment. Do your assignment. Do what you're told to do. I think we'll be fine. And, look, I'd really like to see us get 30-some carries. I mean, we just have not done that. We're third in the league in yards per game, but we're not yards per carry. We're pretty good yards per carry. That just means we're just not getting enough opportunities. Yep, I'm with you. you got to stop the run, and you have to make Jared Goff turn the football over. Geno, continue to be the guy we've seen for three weeks, which is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. That is it. Simple. It's done. Get to Detroit. He's going to finish as the most accurate quarterback in the league this year, too. That's what he says. We shall find <laughs> out. I hope you're all right. Here we go. Hey, special thanks to Quentin Jefferson, Kobe Bryant for joining the show, on-site engineer Brenda Rogers, production assistant Nishant Kundapudi, and our executive producer Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Pumpus, with Paul Moya. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.